I interviewed 15 different architects and I learnt a lot. I interviewed a graduate of architecture who had just finished their degree a couple months back so getting a fresh insight was incredibly insightful. On the flip side, I interviewed seasoned veteran professionals who were 30 plus years in the industry. So hearing that mindset of what it's like to them, what's the difference between a fresh graduate, a student, myself, and then a seasoned vet of architecture, I guess you could say. So let's dig in. So one of the things I learned from these interviews is that your education as an architecture student won't necessarily give you the skills you need in order to be well prepared for practice. And as Chris Watkins said, that's fine. Once you graduate from architecture, you come out with this whole big pile of knowledge that you won't get to use on your first day, your first month, or even your first year, or even your first decade of practice. The education of an architect is more about giving you this ball of knowledge that will sit with you for your entire career, that you'll dip into and, put, and constantly pull things out at the appropriate time. You know, so if you hear of graduates saying, oh, I wasn't prepared for this, you know, I, I didn't know about that or I didn't know about that, that's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's what your first few years of working are, are for. What it will give you are the skills of problem solving and thinking things out for yourself because we can get told exactly what we need to know for something, but architecture isn't like that. Architecture, you need a hat well, you need to wear the hats of many different roles. And what I mean by that is that, as Gabrielle said in her interview, she said that... Often said that architects are, are jack of all trades and master of none. Probably masters of design in some ways, but you, you've, got, you've got to have a hat for a lot of different roles. But she's right. You can't be the best or you can't be a master of everything. And you're going to have to deal with many different aspects and you're going to have to play many different roles as an architect. So architecture school really can't give you all the skills you need to be able to wear these many different hats that you'll need. But what it does give you is that skill of problem solving and figuring things out for yourself, which is so much more valuable in the long term because then it gives you the ability to quickly pick up new skills as you need them. It gives you the ability to communicate your ideas as best as you can, as quickly as you can. And it molds you into somebody who is happy to adapt to the situation that's coming at you. And that's not something that we are all good at, but that's something that architecture school allows you to do. So whereas it doesn't give you all the skills that you need to be able to design a building, that's what your first few years out of architecture school are for. But it really prepares you well for those years. And this leads on to the next thing that I learned from these interviews. Nelise in her interview said that in her second year of architecture school, she I wanted to quit. quit. And this is something that I get, I get messaged probably every day of people saying the same thing. They've lost their motivation. They're depressed because of architecture school. I'm not saying that this is what it's like for everybody, but this is something that seems to be quite consistent which is strange because it's not something that should be causing depression and anxiety, but it is. And the reason for this, in my opinion, from what I've learned from these interviews, Nelise was saying that she did struggle learning all the softwares and this would get her so frustrated 
and doubtful about her own skills and whether she was okay to do architecture, whether she was good enough to do architecture, but she stuck through with it because she isn't someone that quits. From sticking it out, she realized that, yeah, it's uncomfortable to learn new things and try new things, but by doing so, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, you pick up new skills and then you get comfortable doing those things. That's the only way you can get comfortable doing those things. And this is something that I've found now working in an architecture practice, even in studio or in my uni degree. If I'm not given the instructions to do what I have to do, it can be quite overwhelming. I'm often lost as to what to do next and it can give you anxiety. It can make you nervous because you're not too sure what to do. So often we get into this kind of limbo state where we're just so overwhelmed that we need to do something, but we don't know how to, and so we get stuck. Yeah, first year, I, I found the process of design incredibly challenging um, because it wasn't a natural process to me. To be afraid to just go in there and get an idea and put it down on paper. Yeah, it'll suck, but it's at least outside of your head. <laughs> and this is where that first thing that I learned comes into play, because once you realize that you can learn things independently, by pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, by just trying new things, by just giving it a go, that's how you get more comfortable and it will suck. It really will suck as Paul said in his interview, it will suck when you're trying new things, when you're trying to better yourself, coming from nothing, trying to get to become something. I know that's hard for me to put into words, but I think you get what I'm saying. As you pick up new skills, that it's like walking up a staircase. Each skill you learn is getting you closer and closer to getting really comfortable doing what you're doing and getting really good at what you're doing, but you have to go through those first few steps in order to get there. And I think this is also something that I've learned, to not take it so seriously. No one is perfect at what they do in architecture or in anything. And thinking that you have to be perfect is just causing headaches that you don't need. But if you don't take it so seriously and you have fun, which is what it's all about. It's about having fun and that's what it should be. You should be having fun when you're designing things, when you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. It should be something that makes you feel good about yourself. And this leads back to something else I learned that is not to rely on others to push you. You should be pushing yourself and it should be something that um, you constantly come back to because it's difficult to find motivation and this is something that's consistent across all architecture students, but by pushing yourself and trying new things without waiting for someone to push you. And this will lead into the next point that I wanna make. Making those decisions for yourself, it's really gonna help drive your learning, progress you to something much greater than what you are now, which is always the goal in life, I guess, to keep pushing yourself, keep becoming something greater and greater and greater, constantly improving yourself. And that's what um, architecture school is really good for for giving you those skills to constantly improve yourself and become something greater than what you already are. And that leads to my next point, which is to take the blame. And you might be thinking, what, what am I talking about here? But take ownership of what you do. This is what Raphael was talking about in his interview. You see guys come out and they don't necessarily take ownership of whatever menial tasks you get given, because let's face it, when you first hit an office, you get menial tasks as soon as you can be relied on to do what you get asked well you'll get given something with more responsibility when you're given those tasks that aren't necessarily great tasks you know toilet schedules or, or to toilet details or scheduling you know when you go straight into a practice you're given shitty jobs 
but if you take ownership of them and you do them to the best of your ability and you show that you have the skills and the determination to do what you're asked of well, that's when you get given more better opportunities and you get given greater responsibility. And that's not necessarily where I was going with that. When I say take ownership of what you do, I'm also talking about your grades. Your education is what you make of it. You need to take ownership if you get bad grades. Don't blame it, and this is something I still do to this day. Don't blame it on something else, an external force. Don't say that it's the teacher's fault because they didn't teach you what you need to know. Don't say that it's um, the printer's fault because it printed off in a different color than what was on the screen. Don't say that it's your friend's fault for distracting you. All of those things are in your control. If you get a bad grade, it's not the teacher's fault because you had opportunities to learn that stuff yourself. You can always learn stuff online. Honestly, there's some aspect of your teachers having an impact on your education. Don't, I'm not doubting that. It's something you can control. If the printer didn't cut, print off in the right color, then you could have done a test print. If your friends are distracting you, well then go study at home, go to the library, go somewhere quiet. And that's the best piece of advice I learned from these interviews. You need to take ownership of what you do, take the blame for it, and move forward, learn from your mistakes. And this is what Chris was talking about in the interview as well. Learn from your mistakes, move forward from those mistakes. You know, don't take this, don't take it so seriously, as I said before, just have some fun. If you make a mistake, if you don't, if you don't get a good grade, well then learn what you did wrong. That's the best learning opportunity for next time because then you know what to do in order to get a good grade. But if you get a bad grade and you blame it on the teachers, what are you learning from that? Nothing, because what you're doing is you're just putting the, you're using an alibi, you're blaming something else for something that you could have controlled. And even if it was the teacher's fault, then find where you went wrong and learn what, what you did wrong in order to learn from that and do better for next time. I'm kind of going in circles here, but I think my point is clear. Take ownership of the work you do, the tasks you're given, do the best you can at the tasks you're given, no matter how shitty they are, and always put in the best of your ability. One thing I learned from the more experienced architects is that they all wish that they had a wider diversity of experience before getting stuck into their role, I guess. Do a bit more work experience while I was at uni. I think I probably would have tried to get a bit more experience across the board in terms of other practices. I think go back to the work experience thing, getting out in the profession earlier. What they all wanted to do was, you know, during their education, this might be going on study tours, going on um, construction workshops, whatever it might be, taking those opportunities. And this is also leading back again to one of the previous points where it's Make the most of every opportunity that comes at you. There's so many opportunities that you know, I didn't I didn't necessarily take up for whatever reason at the time. Construction trips or um, you know, exchanges or any, anything like that, I think it's really beneficial. You'll regret not taking those opportunities in the long run. And a lot of them also wanted more diverse opportunities once they actually started their career. Raphael was saying how he wanted to maybe start his own thing, but now that he's got kids, it's kind of hard to, to do that. And so take that opportunity when it arises to do that. And Gabrielle was saying that she would um, like to have more diverse opportunity, uh, more diverse experience across different practices rather than just going, she went straight to Hassel and now she's working with the same guys. She wasn't saying that it's a bad thing just working for Hassel, but you know, having experience in maybe like a, a smaller firm could give you a lot more insight into what it's all about like maybe you really like to do small stuff or maybe she would be really keen on 
designing zoos or something. I'm just pulling this out of my ass right now. But the point is, you don't know what you like until you actually try it. And this sounds like my mom trying to make me eat my vegetables at dinner time. Try new things, step outside your comfort zone, push yourself. I'm going to leave it on that note because there's still a lot to learn from it. But if you want to learn it all yourself, go through the same experience that I've had. Go watch the interviews, go watch the documentary. That's all I can say. If you don't know what I'm talking about, click the link up above or in the description below and I'll see you in the next video. Thank you so much. I love you. The camera? Yeah, you are. Uh, no, not quite. Yeah, uh, you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're live. Yeah, we're living. Oh, shit. Get this show on the road. Right. Right? <laughs>